Welcome to the Poe Politicking Show. Founded in 2008, Poe Politicking is a hip-hop meets self-help brand. With each interview, we teach the babies and share success secrets with you, the listener. Past guests of the Poe Politicking Show include Yo Gotti, Currency, MC Light, BG, Dead Press, Rashida, Project Pat, and more. We also showcase the future upcoming stars of hip-hop. Subscribe on iTunes and get automatic updates of each podcast episode. Popolitikin.com. Yo, yo, what's up, world? It's Beejus, West Oakland's own. I'm on Popolitikin right now. If y'all fuck with some real shit, y'all gonna fuck with this Popolitikin movement. Yes, sir. BG, BG, say my name three times, I appear like a genie, uh. <laughs> really, really dedicated to a goal until it's done, right? Whoa, not playing, I refuse to move slow. Same person everywhere that I go, ain't changing. People looking at me different like I'm famous. But I'm just a regular nigga with spectacular hoes. With a desire for a thousand people packed in my shows. Practice perfect till I get it right. Lock myself up in a room and finish an album by the end of the night. My nigga, oops, gon' shook. But West Oakland niggas running through these beats, booking. How much slap can he fit in your way? Well, turn that shit up when you bump this shit. Hey, hey. I got too many hoes on my line. Not enough time on my watch. Not enough money in my pocket. So the grind never, ever will stop. No, too much slap. Slap. Yo, bitch, I got too much slime, slime For your bitch, I got too many hoes in my life For your bitch, I got too much slime For your bitch, I ain't going nuts, nuts Yeah, to get a beat, nigga, we gon' need a rack now I just dropped the hit And I'm planning on how I'm about to drop my next track now She say that she on she been working hard all day. She just trying to relax now. Whoa. The party was in the house. That shit just came to my lap now. I don't think I'ma back down. I don't know if she ready. My life is on track now. Free spirit, don't forget it. Get the business. We throwing up that W. That just mean that we winning. Weird ass niggas, but attracting all the bitches. Uh, them niggas talking, we listening, paying attention to shit that they pitching. When niggas start missing, these niggas be tripping. I'm begging free spirit. My niggas is winning. You with it, I'm with it. I swear that I get it. You getting the difference, you know that I'm chilling. I'm making a killing. They say I'm a villain. You know I'm the illest. I'm making them feel it. The West is back. The West is back. Can't you tell? I've been mobbing. MOB, can't you spell? I can say anything in it a pop. That ain't shit. We going crazy. Wait until the album drop. I be killing rappers. Uh, homicide, lyrically, but lyrically can turn a homicide physically. I'm feeling like it's meant to be. Nobody can get with me. Nigga, I'm on fire. You can smell me through a chimney. I got too many hoes on my line. Not enough time on my watch. Not enough money in my pocket. So the grind never ever will stop. No, too much slime. Yo, bitch, I got too much slime, slime. For your bitch, I got too many hoes in my life. For your bitch, I got too much slime. For your bitch, I got too much slime. Yo, bitch, I got too much slime. Yo, bitch, I got too much slime. Hey, tell them hoes, drop they clubs. Cause I'm for the motherfucking D-Lows. I said, tell them hoes, drop they clubs. Cause I'm for the motherfucking D-Lows. I got too much slime. 
on your bitch. I got too much slide, slide for you. I got too many hoes on my line. Not enough time on my watch. Not enough money in my pocket. So the guy never ever will stop. No, too much slide, slide for your bitch. I got too much slide, slide. Yo, bitch, I got too many slides. Oh, yo, bitch, I got too many slides. Yo, Welcome back to PolPolitikin.com, your home for self-help meets hip-hop. Make sure you go on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Music. This is some of our interviews for the past 11 years. One, two, one, two, place to be with Beejus. How you doing, bro? Yes, sir. I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm all right. I got the name right, finally. Right. <laughs> so how, tell us about that name. You messed me up with that name. Right. So, uh, it's like I was saying, it's, it's really nothing to it. I, my, my real name's Brandon. Um, and uh, people, my, all my friends will call me B for short, of course. And um, at the time, about maybe about 15 years ago, I was in between. I was trying to figure out like a rap name because um, I had gone through so many that just weren't really sticking. And um, one of my friends, he wouldn't call me B just, but when he would see me, he would just greet me as B just. He would kind of like announce me as B just. And um, like I said, I'm in between rap names. I'm kind of like trying to figure something out. Um, and then just one day show up to, to the homies. Um, he screams out Beejus. And I'm like, oh, there we go. That's it. That's unique enough. Let me just run with that. All right. We got a um, we got a listener over here. And she said like, she said it sounded like they saying peaches. Peaches. Yeah, I, I get that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so so when I greet myself, I got to say it really, really slow, like be just because <laughs> there's been a couple of times where I greet myself just like, oh, what's up, bro? Shake a hand, like, oh yeah, be just like, nigga, you say your name, Peaches? Like, nah, 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 bro. <laughs> so I know you're from Oakland. So how was it growing up in Oakland? Um, it was cool. You know, my my mom and my dad. Uh, we grew up in the middle of all the all the, all the bullshit, but moms and dad really kept me out of. Uh, out of that street shit, you know what I'm saying? Like the mentality wise, they kept me elevated from like the street mentality. So like my my middle, all my elementary school, middle school, I went uh, like away from my neighborhood. So I didn't really grow up, grow up around most of the people that like were in the neighborhood. Um, it wasn't until I got like into high school until I was really introduced to that shit. Uh, <laughs> so I. It, for me, it was like a it was a real like duality in my life. So like I, the the first part of my life, I didn't grow up like knowing any type of street shit, and it wasn't like I said until I got to high school that I was kind of introduced to stuff. So for me, I, like now as an as a grown up, because I'm 35 now, well I will be in a, in, a, in about a month, um, being able to to like know the difference. Um, I'm, how do I explain this? Like, well, I don't know, just having that duality of like non-street shit as a black person and then like growing up and kind of 
forcing myself to learn it to kind of fit in just has allowed me like um to to be able to strive in any type of environment you know what i mean so like i, I travel a lot nowadays and like just being able to to uh interact with all types of people all types of mindsets all types of backgrounds all types of colors like has allowed me to just like to thrive in any environment so are you still in oakland right now or you live somewhere else no i still live in still in west oakland same spot all right so how you feel about um golden state right now man it's fucking heartbreaking bro <laughs> <laughs> you know um Growing up with that team, you know, it, it, we, we've always sucked for so many years. Like, I remember as a kid, um, we'd always, I, like, we'd get the, those free tickets because it's like they they were trash anyway. They just giving away hella tickets. So we people from this community have always gone to Warriors games, like either with cheap-ass tickets or free tickets. And then to see them get really, really good, it was a double-edged sword just like how the environment is in the Bay Area right now because there's a, there's a lot of gentrification going on. So there's a lot of money. There's a lot of new people moving here. A lot of people getting displaced. And, um, you know, a, a very small factor of that is like when the Warriors were winning, all the people that were diehard fans that grew up with the Warriors going to the free-ass games and cheap games could not get access to those games anymore because the tickets just fucking skyrocketed. So uh, while most of us were really, really happy about the Warriors winning, a lot of it, it left a, a very like bad taste in people's mouths. That now, like now that they were the number one team in the fucking NBA, we got all these new bandwagon fucking fans that have like moved to the Bay and now trying to hop on the train of this fucking Warriors shit. And but now that they moved to San Francisco, because you know it's their first year in San Francisco people are kind of like not, I want to say like not fans of the Warriors no more, but like an even worse bad taste is, is left in the people of Oakland's mouths because it's, it's that whole gentrification shit. It's like y'all motherfuckers have sucked for so long, but we've already, we've always supported y'all. And now that y'all are number one, y'all hop up, pack up and move to fucking San Francisco. And so now that they're winning, it's like kind of like, fuck y'all motherfuckers. That's what y'all get. From, yeah, from they losing the game. You know? Yep. Um, I'm gonna say, uh, why is this, why why do you think the gentrification out there is happening? Because I was reading, and because it's like a lot of hot like uh, computer jobs out there or something like right. It's, like, it's that. like that that Silicon Valley shit. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I you know, it, I'm that that's one aspect of it. Uh, you know, the Bay Area is dope as fuck. It's always been really, really unique. Like the the the, the people that come from the Bay Area have always like just been a unique bunch and um you know just kind of like how brooklyn got ran over with gentrification it's like you know for for a while throughout the 80s and the 90s you know due to the fucking war on drugs the crack epidemic and shit none of these white folks wanted anything to do with with this area or these areas i should say um but you know through that struggle birthed a lot of like unique individuals that that come from these urban areas and um are like hotbeds of just dope ass shit and and then as the years go by people start realizing like wait a minute like these are cool cities let me take my hipster ass over there you know what i'm saying so it's it's a combination of all of that of the silicon valley jobs 
um, you know, a, a combination of like the city already being dope as fuck, but it's being really urban and kind of run down because of the crack epidemic and just the this, you know, the things that, that happen with 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 all of that. And then people starting to realize that it's actually a dope ass city. So let me actually like move there, and they don't realize that they that they are taking place, you know, taking part in the what we call the gentrification. Then I guess because now I guess I look at it like you know since I, I'm a homeowner, mm-hmm. like how much how much do you have to say like uh, like far as like black people like we're not buying property so shit it's like just like all these other communities they gonna buy their property and it's gonna turn to Chinatown right Italy little Tijuana whatever so it's like why why not we're not buying our property that like, we still be renting our properties then we get mad when they kick us out of it it's like we rent it shit it's like right yeah you know. What I what I think though, because I'm real, I'm optimistic more than I am the opposite. Mm-hmm. I um, I think it's just one of those things. It's like a learning thing. Like we, you know, growing up, we didn't really learn learn too much about like uh, financial literacy, home ownership. You know what I mean? And so, uh, like a, it's a, it's a, it's a um, what am I trying to say? It's like a it's like a, it's a learning type of thing. So a, a lot of my peers right now. Because, like I said, I'm 35, so, like, you know, the, my peer group of, like, 25 up to, like, 40, we are the ones that are really, really affected by that, uh, that the gentrification right now. Because we're the, we're the, the working force, you know what I'm saying? We're the ones that are, like, renting the most. We're the ones that we should be owning. We're in that area of age where we should be owning. But we didn't learn to do, to do so. And plus, we didn't have to even have the financials to do it in the first place. So, like... You know, I, I have a, poly, a a podcast right now, so I, so this is something that comes up a lot. And one of the things that I notice across the board is that everybody's like, "Fuck," you know, like I know now that I need to own some shit. So it's like a lot of people are working towards that now, yeah. but it's just that if we would have known that ten years ago, five years ago, then we we, we would have been ready for it. But just, we just we just weren't across the board ready for it, whether it be because like in urban areas, education is something that is, is low on the fucking totem pole. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, there's a whole lot of factors into going into it, but I figure in the next 10 years, that's something that people will be ready for because not only does my generation, we're feeling the effects of it because we've seen it with our own eyes, but we're able to like teach our kids, whether it be like, damn, I'm saving up right now. My retirement is going to go to something, but I'm saving up to own some shit. So by the time I'm like 40, 50, 60, I'll own something. And then my kids will not only be able to inherit something, but they'll also be educated enough to know that when they're in their twenties, thirties, forties, that they need to be owning shit. So that the gentrification. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I remember with me, like, uh, I didn't know that either. Like, I didn't really have nobody in my family telling me, like, oh, you should buy a house. So I was kind of always, like, shit, I just was, like, comfortable with rent. I didn't think nothing wrong with it, but shit. It's like, man, so many damn um, benefits to only owner a home, shit. Right. And they real. don't tell you about, man. It's like, shit. Exactly. They be knowing. They ain't going to tell you. Like, they be knowing. be so not told. <laughs> For real, yeah. bro. You know, I got really, really lucky. So, the, like, the reason why I'm still in West Oakland is because, in 1995, when I was uh, 12 or 11, my mom bought a house. So right now, I live in the house that my mom bought. 
it's been completely fortunate that like I inherited this house without my mom passing away. So my mom's still alive. She just lives somewhere else. <clears throat> and when she moved, yeah, they doing what that's what white people do all the time. Exactly, doing basically what white people do. All, like, man, I have so many white friends. Right. Like, oh, right. parents left us in towels. I'm like, man, I wish somebody left me a motherfucking house for real. <laughs> and that, that's some real ass shit, bro. And so, like, not only am I lucky that like I, I'm able to live in a house, like I still pay a mortgage, but I, I pay a lot less than what I would be paying. Yeah, the rent go up every exactly. year. Shit, exactly. they got put our rent control laws now. Now what I'm right. saying is like they're gonna get you out with that rent because they're gonna raise that rent up. Even I think they put a five percent um, cap on it each year. But shit, uh-huh. your your raise ain't even five percent, so you still you're gonna right. get behind eventually. And that's and that's how they get motherfuckers. That's where that gentrification come in. It's like damn, I can't afford to live in this motherfucker, so I gotta move either to another city or to a worse part of my city until they change their mind about this area and you know what i'm saying because the gentrification shit that shit spread like a fucking disease it started one area of the bad part of the city and then all the people get get pushed to the worst part until the 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 virus spread to that worst part and, and it spread people out front yeah, and then they then they come they come back in and take over the worst part it's kind of like that shit they did on the boondocks but it, you know they, then they take back <laughs> so like all the bad areas, like Compton, is turning to like a real nice area. Like all the places you right. think bad, now nah, them places is good now. You know what I'm saying? You remember how like now they got <clears> these little <throat> white kids going on field trips? They going to Marcy, Marcy Projects, taking pictures. Like right. this is good right. now. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, you I, know, say, I was actually. No. So how did you get involved with uh, music? So I got involved with music uh, naturally because my family. <clears throat> so my dad is a musician. And my mom is a music lover. And so um, in my early, early stages, what sparked it for me was watching Michael Jackson. Like Michael Jackson, I was fucking infatuated, like most kids our our generation were. Um, And then Criss Cross a little bit later, I thought was the coolest fucking shit. And so, um, you know. It was. Shit. When they came out, I was like, damn. Because they was like, I know they was like my age. That shit just... I saw somebody my age like that. I think I was trying to wear my pants backwards. Right. <laughs> I used to get in trouble at school all the time, bro. Like, and I, but I didn't get in trouble at home because my mom realized what I was like, the reason why I was like imitating them. It wasn't just because I thought they was just hella, hella cool, but like I wanted to do shit like that. So I would get in trouble at school all the time because I would come with my clothes on backwards and shit. Um, but when I, you know, I was that kid that would always like during family get togethers. I'd be like putting on a song and like dancing to it, rapping to it, performing, and that, and then that shit just kind of like continued on. And then um, subconsciously, I would watch my dad work in the studio because he always had makeshift studios in the house. So like whether like he would take over the, the half of the kitchen, half of the living room, have a whole room dedicated to it. Um, I saw his work ethic, work work ethic in the studio, and so like subconsciously. I was some I was learning from him, but on a subconscious level because he ne- like I never got inspired to do music. Um, watching always him, saw him doing it exactly, but it was like once like once it was time for me to work, I started noticing that I was actually like learning from my dad subconsciously. Um, but I didn't I didn't start really really getting serious into making music until I was about eighteen, and um, 
a lot of my early work was all produced by my little cousin. His name is he, his uh, rap name. He goes by Oops, so O O P S, and uh, he was producing everything that I made. But his uncle, I mean, I'm sorry, his dad. Um, so they're not my. He's not my blood family, but like I was best friends with Oops's older cousins in high school. They was my age, so their uncle was like the youngest uncle in their family closest to the age and he was hella cool and uh when i started coming around that uncle um which is oops's dad made music and he was rapping and i just thought it was the coolest shit so what made what made me really really start sitting down pen to paper for hours on end is i wanted to record some shit that was good enough to get on songs with oops's dad and that and the rest was history. I just started started rapping and, and taking shit seriously, and then like you know coming out with little mixtapes and would give them to my friends. And my friends was the first ones to be like, "Oh, this is actually really fucking dope." And then you know with that confidence and shit, I just just kept kept it up. What what happened to Oops and Oops Dad? What they, is? They, they they still kicking. They still uh, Oops is still making music. Uh, his pops is, you know, pops is like in his fifties, I think now, maybe early, late forties. So he's still making music, but he ended up moving on to like doing gospel rap, because uh, like most old gangsters and shit, nigga, you know what I'm saying? They live that life, <laughs> and then once they once they make it out the game, they they end up turning to to, to God, you know? <laughs> like Dallas, right? Exactly. <laughs> I'm say, uh, so so what is hip hop to you? Uh, hip hop to me. You know, I, I wouldn't say hip hop. Like music to me has just always been something that's kind of like a been a backbone. Um, hip hop was just that vehicle that I would use to 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 relay my thoughts, or I should say, to translate the vibes of the world into thoughts into getting those onto paper. Um, but and and I you know I don't I don't love hip hop more than any other music that I listen to. It's just that I make hip hop. You know. Yeah, I do. Hip-hop and R&B neck and neck. I think R&B I love more than hip-hop. I think R&B than hip-hop. <laughs> Everything else, you could probably miss me with that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like, I grew up only listening to hip-hop and R&B because that was what my environment, when I was around, you know what I'm saying? Like, my parents um, listened to all, like, soul and, and R&B. And then my brother was the one, my brother's older than me by four years. He was the one that discovered hip-hop first. And then, of course, you know, just naturally, you go with what your environment teaches. But it wasn't until I was a little bit older, um, you know, like younger in my early 20s, that I kind of discovered, like, rock and roll and indie rock. And I never really fuck with country, but, like, that indie type of shit I'm really, really fucking with now. I don't make it, but that's what I'm kind of listening to more so than anything. But I, I I love whatever speaks to me is what I'm gonna listen to. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't like I don't seek out anything. Like I, I don't really only listen to like like if I bring up a Spotify or like a Apple music and just kinda wanna listen to some new like random shit. I won't just only click on like a hip hop playlist. Or, like I'll I'll click on all types of stuff. Mm -hmm. And whatever whatever like speaks to me, like I'll either, you know, add it to my to my um my playlist or my 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 shit or um, like Shazam is something like I'm forever just like absorbing all types of sound. So like at this point in my life, like I can't say that I like any genre 
yeah. more than anything. It's just that I I just make hip hop. I'm just a rapper. And I say I think I'm like I'm like like how you were saying you learn from your dad subconsciously. Uh-huh. I, that's how I learned from other music because like today we was watching like an old All Star game, but Steam was on there, and uh-huh. I never I never like meant I never uh, up listening to Steam, but I knew all them damn songs. I don't know, right. how, I don't even know how I know them songs. I'm like, how right. I know these songs. You so like because she, she like who is that? I was like, oh, that's Steam. I'm like, I don't even never, I, like, I never got no Steam CD or none right. of that shit. But I know his shit, so I don't that's, know. And that's I don't know Probably just from like commercials and like TV and movies yeah. and shit. You know well, I, mean? I, probably, I know probably from the biggest shit for sure. You know, he right. was the biggest shit at missing you. Yeah, but I'm saying, so how would you describe your style as a as an MC? Um, so, and so usually how I would how I used to would tell people like it's and this hasn't aged too well, but. I would say I was a mix between Tupac and Kanye West. So, but this is early Kanye West. So I say it hasn't aged well because this nigga Kanye is. On oh, that's the why you got him on your wall, right? Exactly. That early Kanye West, like Tupac and, and early Kanye, were like the the major influences for me. So, like when I sat down and decided that I wanted to like rap, I would listen to. Like Tupac was all, has always been my number one favorite artist, so I would like listen to his music, and like when I would be stuck on a on a on a line or just couldn't figure out like a subject matter that I like was feeling for the for the beat or whatever, I would just listen to Tupac and kind of like figure out how he structured some of his lyrics, some of his lines, and it helped me a lot. And then when when Kanye came out. It was a major influence because, like I said, with that duality of how I grew up, like I always was like a square, you know what I'm saying? And, and like relative to, to, to the niggas that grew up, that I grew up around. Um, and so having somebody like Kanye come out and be super successful was just like a, you know, and this was like an early, you know, 18, 19 years old. You know, I'm still trying to find myself, still trying to find my confidence. So just having somebody that was like dope as fuck. But also, like being a, a super fucking squared, I it, like it helped me with my confidence and just like being who I am and like trying to find my voice. Um, and so those, I always would credit those two as being like some of my major influences. Um, and so, like I'm still run with that, like a Tupac, early Kanye. So it got that soul, but but like a, a very like Bay Area Oakland sound. You know what I'm saying? Because from being from the Bay, we all was like subconsciously um raised by pimps and max you know what i'm saying a lot of motherfuckers be like too short is my dad type of shit and so it's, it's kind of like <laughs> tupac and the intensity of tupac the soul of early kanye and then that kind of like that that bay fucking like pimpish swing you know what i'm saying even though i don't be, I don't be rapping about pimping hoes <laughs> what about little b i feel like <laughs> no, I'm no, no, it's good. Lil B is actually not a major influence for me, but he definitely, I feel like he's an uncredited fucking godfather of like hip hop, how motherfuckers go. Don't give a fuck. Right, exactly. Like, let me just like actually like really freestyle mumble my way through this shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, he didn't like, no, what he said, I was like, shit, they can't get mad no mumble rappers because somebody birthed them. I said, Soldier Boy, him. They done birthed these little mumble rappers. Lil exactly. Wayne, y'all done birthed them. Don't get mad. Shit. All they that Gucci shit. Gucci man, they done came from y'all ass. So 
Exactly. And I, and I always say Lil B is a is an uncredited godfather in that shit because, you know, the even Soldier Boy got his swag that that like that that other swag that he from came Lil B, up with yeah. from Lil B. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he just kind of just like he he was on that thing. He was kind of like he was. I know he was teaching at schools and stuff. He was giving lectures at school, but like he was really kind of saying the same thing. He was kind of talking about like. uh like kind of just being more free when you do your music, kind of like exactly. being your subconscious <clears throat> and like letting that. That's why he be calling that shit bass. It's kind of like just free, but yeah, I right. like a little bit, a little bit. Like that nigga put on a beat and won't write down nothing. Do one take, and that's the song he put out. And I'm like, and, and, and I, I was, I, I was for a bit, I was fascinated because that's exactly what he was doing. Like he was just putting out the most random shit. It, it wouldn't make sense. It sounded hella gay sometimes. But it's just like that's what came to his mind at that well, time. Yeah, the album called "I'm Gay." <laughs> exactly, like <laughs> completely fucking trolling everybody. You know what I'm saying? But what would fascinate me was that I would like well, I've never been to one of his shows, but I will watch the show footage, and I'm like, he's filling up, you know, a fucking venue with like say two thousand people, and everybody is jumping fucking going crazy knowing that shit word for word word for word from some shit that he got into into the studio and, and threw it out there exactly i'm like that's that like so that's kind of like i guess he just really just trusting what he's doing though that's what it is. right i'm like this nigga doing something right bro like I, you know i'm not one to to I, i'm never gonna be that 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 person that'd be like okay this shit doesn't make sense to me so it's trash I'm the the person that looks at it like, okay, this shit is fucking retarded, but it's working, and I and That's I need to figure out the essence of how that shit. How I don't know works. if you, I don't know if you saw this shit. No, I said some stuff is like just because you can't wrap your your mind around it, don't mean it's not going on. People not making money on it because I remember right. I was watching um this boxing match last weekend. It was that dude KSI and that Paul Logan dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. that shit was sold out. Man, that shit. Man, they made money off that shit. It was hella people at that fight. Right. I'm like, how the fuck some YouTubers doing a boxing main event? Like, you can't wrap your mind around no shit like that, but that shit was going on. So it's like, just because you can't wrap your mind around it, like, you probably say that shit to a boxing coach, they're going to be like, man, what the fuck you talking about? Hell no. But it happened. So it's like... It happened. Yeah. And they got that bag, too. (laughs) What I'm saying? You sitting there trying to act like it ain't going on, they get money. Right, right. Now, I'll ask you, so what do you you say your story is as as an artist? What are you talking yeah. about in your music? So m- m- most of my shit really comes from like um, self reservation, like self, uh, uh, like I-, I would say, like self empowerment, because it- it- a lot of it comes from within. So like that, that ultimate struggle. Like my earliest struggle for me was always growing up in the hood, but not fitting in with my environment because I didn't go to school in my environment. So I didn't know too many people from my neighborhood and shit. And I was always, as a, as a kid, I felt like I was always a target, you know what I'm saying? And like, and I grew up like very, I was a very scrawny short kid, like in fucking ninth grade, I was five foot, five, one, like uh, fucking 98 pounds, like very, very small. You know what I'm saying? So that was one of my major struggles growing up. And so just finding that confidence and shit, was something that was always like a, a, a major like accomplishment for myself. So, you know, just rapping, like it's always, it's just always been a, a thing of like self love and being positive and just always wanted to kind of like 
see betterment for 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 everybody around myself and just always have fun. So like if you listen to the shit that I'm that I'm rapping about, it's always in that like it's really just all about just like being really positive and, and having fun no matter what I'm doing. So like even if I'm talking about some like negative shit, it's always to be wrapped up to to like empower me or the people around me to 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 do better. So like I, I was a, a huge um, Dragon Ball Z fan growing up, right? <clears throat> and I don't know if you know anything about Dragon Ball Z, but there's a character in that show. His name is Vegeta. He started off as a villain, and so like he was the the first major villain in the in in the show. And um, once he got defeated, he then in turn his like character arc was basically like start off as a villain, but then he ended up being a good guy. So he he joined the 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 like the cast of fighters that would fight off these like evil ass forces that would come in, right? <clears throat> but because he was a villain, he was always like he was always that like type of mean ass motherfucker. Like, you know, you got these, these goofy ass characters, Goku and shit, like running around laughing. And while Vegeta was good, he was always like mugging these niggas. Like, bro, we got shit to do. Y'all niggas running around like some fucking goofballs, but we got to get fucking serious about this. shit. <laughs> he was always like really, really serious. And so there's a point in towards the end of the Dragon Ball Z uh, show where this one character, I, I, forgot what his name is but what he does is he'll take he'll he'll be able to like take over these evil characters if you had any type of evilness in you he can take over you and make you um what they call a majin so it's like it's m-a-j-i-n and so the characters have this like m on their head and what that means is that this character is able has taken over this person's body because that he like latches on to the evilness inside of you, right? So, um, long story short, basically this character takes over Vegeta for a second. So Vegeta has his M on his on his head, but he is so powerful that he he basically and basically what it does is it, it unlocks the evilness within him again, kind of makes him evil. But he's so powerful that he gets to take control. So what it does is that he uses like this brand new like unlocked unleash power within himself to do good to like fight against his badass character and i always attach myself with that to like all my negative <laughs> sides of myself like I, uh, I was, hey i'm like i'm sitting here like you really fuck with dragon ball z because you told this whole damn story to get to right this, story. <laughs> <laughs> this shit was big for me bro back in the days bro straight up and so that character that like vegeta was always like a, a a cool ass character, but that like little subset of his character, it's like, let me take this, I'm going to use this evil that I've always had, but I'm about to use it for good. You know what I'm saying? So like the one example, like he, he, at this point in in the show, he has a son and his son is trying to stop him from going to fight. And so some shit that like was, would be really uncharacteristic of him. He knocks his son out, like, cause he needs to go in and fight and like do good. But his son is like standing in his way, and the son is only like ten years old. And so, in order to get his son to like stop whining, he just basically punches him. It's like niggas, shut the fuck up. Now he knocks him out. You know what I'm saying? But that's like it's it's so evil, evil, but it's like a necessary evil. And so, I I attach myself with this character. So like, let me put, let me use like my depressive ass like thoughts, all my negative thoughts. Let me use that as fuel 
to do some good shit. So a lot of my <clears throat> music really kind of has that tone of like it's very positive and it's very about having fun, but it does have some deep undertones to it that kind of uses fuel to get back to that 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 fun sunshine, you know, top of top of shit. Like <laughs> you heard you a lot of stuff you kept um like uh, kind of theme right here you keep saying you keep talking about confidence. So how did you build up your confidence? Um, I mean, confidence is one of those things where it's like, it's, it's one of the rare things where if you, you can fake it to make it. So if you realize that, okay, damn, I'm not a confident person, but if I walk, if I walk into the room, like the most confident motherfucker, <clears throat> people are going to think I'm confident. Then it's going to, it's going to, it's going to then make me confident because I'm going to get all the fucking attention. It's so, like, um, Walking in faith. Right, right, right. A thousand Even on the Schwarzenegger, he was saying that's how he did all the shit he did. For real? <laughs> yeah, he was saying he had it like just like yeah, fake it till you make it. Well, it's not really fake it till you make it. It's like you gotta believe it before you it's kinda like you gotta believe it first anyway. Exactly. It's like it's one of those things like I, I suffer from social anxiety. A lot of people do, right? And um but becoming enough, like it's really counterproductive to be socially awkward and be a fucking try to be like a, 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 a entertainment person. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of the times I would have to like, if I'm walking into a room, I'm like, okay, you gotta, you gotta put on that fucking smile. You know what I'm saying? Like put on the show, kind of turn yourself on. And so it, it, it just kind of came from that. And then and I'm also 35 fucking years old now. It's like, I'm at the point in life where niggas can't tell me shit. You know what I'm saying? Nobody younger than me, can really really fucking tell me shit now and that that doesn't come from a thing like i think i'm the smartest nigga in the world like i learn from any person in this world but just naturally when you you know after you fake it till you make it confidence wise actually that confidence actually the real confidence within kind of comes out so um it's just it's just a lot of trial and error for me you know what i'm saying and getting a lot of validation from my family from people that really love me getting validation from the fans that i've that i've uh built up over the years um you know and just growing up naturally you know i i had a daughter at 23 that fucking helped with my confidence because then i can't be no fucking depressed piece of shit walking around doing nothing like i had to step my life up when i had a child to take care of you know what i'm saying so just a lot of natural things in life uh, built my confidence up i was raising a daughter um i mean it, it was it was hard but it was it was really really motivating, you know what I'm saying? Because having a daughter at 23, um, and then I was a single father, so me and her mom broke up when my daughter was like four months. So I had to like, you know, I had a brand new fucking child on my hands by myself, and that's one of the things that kind of changed my life because you know, I, as a as a man, I, as men, sometimes we're like we. We, we take a little bit longer to mature than women do. And so um, having to have a, having a, a, a fucking, a living, breathing human being thrust onto my, uh, into my world, just like forced me to fucking <laughs> grow the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? And I was raised right. So, um, you know, I was raised with a good mindset. So I, I wasn't ever going to be no deadbeat dad. But at the time when I, when my daughter was born, like I didn't have shit, you know what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't have a good paying job. I didn't have like, um, my music wasn't making no money. I wasn't, I wasn't doing shit with life. You know what I'm saying? So having my daughter every step of the way as she's growing up, I'm growing up too. 
So now to like look back, I got a fucking great paying job. You know what I'm saying? Like I make music for, I, mean, I make music. I make the, I make a, a good amount of money for, for my entertainment side of life. Um, so like, you know, it's just a, it's a good looking back and just like, damn, to see where I started at, out at, at 23 to where I'm at right now, 35. Like I, I wouldn't change nothing, you know? Let's <clears throat> say, so how's your relationship with your daughter now? It's fucking great. She's one of my best friends. Um, it's, you know, it makes me so damn proud to just see how she's growing up and maturing and kind of latching on to the, to the, the teachings that I've said to her, the things that she's watched me do subconsciously. Like when I see myself in her, it's one of the dopest things. And, you know, I've always taken pride into like trying to do good in life. And so seeing how, like, she's just such a fucking beautiful soul, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like she, 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 she always wants to do good. She doesn't want to do bad. Like even my dumb ass be like, my her name's Amaya. I'm like Amaya, say a cuss word. Like I be trying to get her to do bad shit sometimes, just to just to as a laugh. And she be like, no, Dad, I won't do none of that. So she's so fucking good. Just to see like a beautiful soul that I, that that's come from me and from her mom, and because me and her mom are still hella cool. It, 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 so it's, it's a whole new chapter in life. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's brand new struggles, brand new teachings and things that we're her and her family are learning from. Um, but it, it's a beautiful thing, man. Look, now I just yeah. want you to talk about some of your projects you put out. What they can check on Spotify, where they can check it out. Let me see what you got on here. Yeah, so I just dropped um, uh, my album called Beautiful. That just came out September 1st. And so um, that's what I want everybody to listen to right now. It's like my best body of work. Everything is available on, uh, you know, all the Apple Music, Spotify, SoundCloud, on my website, Awkward Free Spirit. Um, but Oh, I know I, who you are now. <laughs> I remember your first, I remember that first C album. Which one? 2013, that Sunshine and Free Living. I oh, for real? Yeah, now when I see that cover, I was like, I seen that, I seen that cover before. I was like, Wow, that's unique. That shit just kind of took me, threw me back when I first saw it. Yeah, I know who you are now. When I seen that, okay, that's fucking see that. See that's one. That, that's one of the things I'm always taking back from this shit. It's like building those bridges, or just kind of like not even the building the bridges, but I always tell my partners like, put your shit out. Like, do not let it sit. You know what I'm saying? In archives, because once you put it out, you never know when somebody is going. Like, see it and attach to that shit. And this is a fucking lesson. Like, I put that shit out in 2013. I don't think we've ever had a conversation before. Nah, I remember you. I remember that album. That's the album I remember because I was looking at that cover. I was like, what the fuck is this? And that shit just took took my mind about it. I just remember it must be a song off here. used to come on my playlist. But yeah, I remember that. I remember Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Do you remember how you came across it? Shit. Somebody must have emailed it to me or something. Or Spotify wow. or something. No, it wasn't Spotify back then, so somebody must have emailed it to me. Right. And and wh where are you? Are you down in L.A.? Where you I'm from? in San Diego. In San Diego. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's fucking crazy, bro. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, that first album, that's not like my first release. I, I put out uh, maybe about four or five releases before that. But those, all, the ones before Sunshine and Free Living were um, – really me like finding myself like finding the voice finding the sound finding like what 
you know, my brand, like it was just all a lot of trial and error. And so once that sunshine of free living is when I donned my uh, free spirit brand and like it really just everything just kind of came together. So once I put that album out, I was like, okay, this is like, this is Beaches. And everything before that, of course, was Beaches as well. But it was, it was for me, it was real amateur. So everything that came before that, I archived. And so you can't really, you have to like really do some deep fucking Googles to find that old shit. But everything from Sunshine and Free Living and after, it was like, you know, really, really the the culmination of like all my years of learning, growing up, teaching myself how to rap, learning the business and all that shit. So, yeah. Yeah, we 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 cool. So I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you um slide, but it sounds like you kinda um like my <laughs> podcast over here. What did awkward conversations with uh BJ's Yeah, that? awkward awkward combos. Yeah, like it sounds like my shit over here. What you, what you doing? <laughs> so that's a that's a podcast I started. Uh I'm actually uh, on my fourth year. This like yesterday was, was my fourth year anniversary. And um it's it's just like a regular candid conversation. So I know it's called awkward combos, but I don't go out of my way to make them awkward. The reason why I call it awkward combos is just because it's like completely candid. So like I press record and whatever whatever guest I have, like we just sit there and talk and and I don't edit anything out, I don't edit anything in. Like it's just a like a straight like fly on the wall type of type of conversation. And um, I've been doing that, for, like I said, for four years. I'm like 200 episodes in. Um, it's just, you know, something fun. just something easy and fun that I do just to keep shit relevant while I'm while I'm taking breaks in between albums and things like that. So what y'all be talking about? We talk about anything. Like, it, it's, like I said, it's just a candid combo. So, like, I'll get the guest in, give them a mic. I'll take a mic press record and then we usually will start by talking about the like the guest like i just ask them okay give me your story if it's your first time on here what what the fuck do you do where'd you start how'd you get to where, from where you started to where you are right now and then from there it just goes on we just talk about whatever like anything that comes up in a regular normal conversation with somebody is what what, what we talk about i do like to keep it lighthearted because the podcast that i fell in love with were always ones where it's just like I usually I usually listen to podcasts from comedians and those are the ones I like where it's just literally them and their partners in the studio and they just drinking, smoking and just hanging out. And so I kind of wanted to replicate that where it's just like we're just hanging out but we're keeping it lighthearted. Like of course we'll get deep, we'll talk about some deep shit. There's been a couple of times where it's like I've teared up, other guests have teared up. But I like to keep it lighthearted so people that are listening can just have a good laugh, you know? Some of your favorite episodes? Uh, some of my favorite episodes. Well, one I just put out uh, just this week. His name is Josh Chase. Um, even though it's brand new, I, I, I like I, it's one of my go-tos right now because um, I felt like the way that I, I was on top of it, I was like, the jokes was coming out. I was fucking laughing funny. The length was good. The subject matter was good. My homie, he's a uh, he's an entrepreneur, and he uh, he's like very big in the cannabis world. So like he's giving off a, a bunch of like great gems so people can learn from it, how to make some money, how to like start a business and all that stuff. So it's like it got the full gamut of like funniness, insightfulness, inspirational, and then you can also learn from um, another episode. Episode 100 with my homie uh, Mo Green and, and Anthony Dragons. 
Um, it was my hundredth hundredth episode, so it was like kind of a big deal for me. Um, and us three, we have great fucking chemistry. Like well, I should have started a podcast with with us three because we're fucking hilarious together. And um, it's it's one of my go to episodes when people ask me. Um, and then also I did, I do not remember the number of it, but I um, about three years ago I I took this three week trip to Thailand, but I went by myself. And it was like a very major like milestone. By myself, I sat in my living room. It took me three different sessions, but it's a of me basically every single thing I did within this uh this trip, this solo trip to Thailand. And so just because like in that time of my life it was one of like the best and most exciting things I've ever done, um, being able to chronicalize it on a podcast was, was fucking dope. So I, I'll, every now and then I'll go back and listen to that episode. We uh, live those, those moments. So those three episodes I would say are my favorites. Right. Yeah, man. I think we're going to have to get a part two in one day cause we running long, but I think I'm going to get a part two with you. Okay. For sure. That'll work. Can you down. tell the, uh, what would you like to say to your fans and supporters? Man, I just want to tell the motherfuckers. Thank you. All you beautiful motherfuckers out there are great. Even the ugly people are great. Uh, Continue supporting. Go out. Go. You know what I'm saying. Go support all your fucking artists. Tip your bartenders. They can tip your Uber drivers. Do some good. Go plant a tree or some shit to your motherfuckers. <laughs> and what would you like to say to anybody that's uh, just not hearing about you through this interview? Why should they go check you out? Why should they follow you? Um, I don't know why y'all should follow me. I mean, if you like my voice, let's start it there because that's usually <laughs> where people fucking start. They're like, oh, I like your voice, man. You're saying something good, nigga. That's why I start. Right, <laughs> I don't like the voice. I can't even rock with it. Exactly. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I'm a, I'm a regular fucking guy. You know what I'm saying? I make good fucking music. I, I got a good message. Um, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell somebody why what makes me unique. I'm just unique because I'm my fucking self and I know how to be myself. Um, but but the music is good. So go ahead and the podcast is great. So you know, start start wherever you want to start. If you want to start at the music, go go ahead. If you want to start at the podcast. Go ahead. But everything is housed under my website at awkwardfreespirit.com. Um, all my social networks is Beegis or Beegis510, depending on if it's Instagram or Twitter. But if you Google Beegis, everything will pop up. So, yeah, go go ahead and listen. Have some fun, man. All right, man. I want to say thanks for coming through politicking with me. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Popolitikin.com. Shout out to Spencer Stevens, man. Ooh, ooh, hey, hey. West Stokeland, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, still got the footwork. Still one of the finest thinkers on this good earth. Busy mind, see clear though. Got no time to be fucking with these weirdos. Ooh, stupid niggas talk the loudest. And the worst, harder ones be the proudest. 
can't relate, so I made my address cloud nine Cause I got no business staying grounded Fuck all that humble shit, flip it and bubble it Way too solid, no crumbling, 96 troublesome Got my dub all in the air like I'm a thug And I represent everything you revel in I can feel great about life without a change in a thought So I'm staying out my mind with this bottle that I bought I'ma paint the town, was popping with the homies Don't speak on shit if you don't know me, straight up One, two, three to the four, hey Pop, pop, bring it right to your dough. I'm an Oakland nigga. That's right. I'm an Oakland nigga. Uh, and I'ma ride for it. Ride my name across the sky for it. Worldwide high side for it. I'm an Oakland nigga. I'm an Oakland nigga. Uh, all in the dough. Fro ain't happy though. Smile real big, but I really ain't happy, bro. Only gets worse when I smoke a couple flavors. Don't know if it's God or the devil doing me favors. No longer looking up to niggas that got a legacy of ending up in jail or dead. Period. And I can promise to never move backwards, cause I am forever staying curious. Uh, waking up your family with 415s. Bitch, I don't close my mouth, my goal too clean. Don't do shrooms, don't mold the shit I seen. Got me tripping, man, them demons too mean. Anyway, I'm on the up and up. Bitch, niggas toughen up, tapping back. Rapping circles, riding you rapping, fuck little baby, back it up But it ain't no feelings involved, just make sure to pick it up when I call uh. Ay, Nothing like a sunny day in the town Ay, Ay, Nothing like a sunny day in the town Nothing like a sunny day in the town For real, for real, nothing like a sunny day in the town To the foe, hey, pop, pop, bring it right to your dough. I'm an Oakland nigga, that's right. I'm an Oakland nigga, uh, and I'ma ride for it. Ride my name across the sky for it. Worldwide high side for it. I'm an Oakland nigga, I'm an Oakland nigga. Politicking Show is brought to you by Audible. With over 180,000 titles to choose from, Audible is great for any continuous learner wanting to grow and expand their knowledge and insight. Go to www.audibletrial.com slash PO audio and get an audiobook of your choice free with a 30-day trial. After the trial, your paid membership will begin at $14.95 per month. With your membership, you will receive one credit every month, good for an audiobook on Audible. Cancel before your trial ends and you will not be charged. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash PO audio and download a free book by Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, Napoleon Hill, Les Brown, Damon John, and more. Always remember that knowledge is power.